Welcome to the That's Deep podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm an international board-certified life and success coach, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, or NLP, as you've heard it, an empath, a mother, an introvert, and a podcast host. It is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration. Thank you so much for being here. If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. Pardon the interruption, but I have a really quick question for all of you. What type of empath are you? If you're not sure and you haven't taken my empath quiz yet, you can certainly do so at thatsdeepco.com backslash empath dash quiz. And I will also leave a link for it in my show notes. When you take the quiz, you'll find out your type and you'll also be sent a free guided meditation that corresponds to your specific empath type. Thank you so much. And I look forward to helping you find out your type. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at naomicourtney.co. Again, that's at naomicourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you. Okay, so it is an honor to welcome Natalie Rogers to the show today. She is the CEO and the founder of the Classy Network and an entrepreneur at heart. She started her first business when she was a senior in high school. She graduated from the University of Central Florida with a degree in business marketing. And in 2018, she decided to launch a new business when she came across a unique problem that she knew she could solve. And since then, the Classy Network was born. So now it's a million dollar e-commerce business. And that's just a super quick version of her story. And I'm gonna let her tell you all of the cool details. I'm a huge fan. I'm so excited to have her here today. And I wear my pair of Classy Network glasses every day at work. And honestly, I wear them like out all the time too. So thank you so much for being here, Natalie. Yay. Thank you so much for having me and all the kind words. That was like the sweetest intro. (laughs) And thank you so much. (laughs) Nice. Okay. So I want to dive all into just kind of like your background and your story. So can you fill our listeners in a little bit more in detail about what you do for a living. Yeah. So, you know, I started my first business when I was 18 years old and I've been an entrepreneur ever since. So now I'm most commonly known for being the CEO and founder of Classy Network. And we sell stylish blue light blocking glasses and sunglasses, apparel, accessories. We're getting into some new products in 2020, which is super exciting for me and something that we've been really wanting to do. And yeah, so we are an online e-commerce brand. We sell all of our products online through our website and we fulfill them here at the Classy Castle, which is our headquarters in Orlando. And um, yeah, it's been a crazy journey. We started May 2018. So we're almost two years into it, like a year and a half right now. And it has scaled super quickly, almost like abnormally. And it was a hard journey as the founder of the company and the CEO, just a lot of growing pains and learning experiences and failures and successes all at the same time. So the past year and a half has been a crazy ride. (laughs) Wow. And I just like, I can't like, it just, it's so amazing that you did this all just in such a, I don't want to say a short span of time because I know it probably felt like a long time as well. But Mm -hmm. I mean, just reflecting back, like 
how do you feel just knowing how much you've grown in such a, you know, a short span of time? Yeah, no, I definitely feel like it's been short. I'm like, I cannot, it's like, I can't believe it's almost been two years. I feel like this just started yesterday. Um, And I just feel, especially coming into 2020, I feel like a whole new woman, a whole new CEO, a whole new business owner, and now business coach. And I just feel like I've learned so much and I'm so confident in what we know as a business. Like me and Jacob together as a couple running this company, we've just learned so much, especially in this industry and how everything works and what not to do, what you should do. And I just feel like like 2020 has been a fresh start and we're ready to tackle the year with all of these ideas and amazing things that we have planned. Yes, I love that so much. And just on that note, I want to give our listeners a couple of updates. So you're getting married. Congratulations. Yay. Yes, finally. I mean, we actually have been engaged since 2017, but we haven't planned the wedding just because we've been busy building the businesses and um, we just haven't really had time. Planning a wedding is is like a whole nother business. <laughs> it really is. I, I also, so I got engaged when I was in grad school to my husband and like, I, I think we were engaged for like two or three years also. And yeah. we were just like, kind of planning like here and there but we were like both like working on our like careers too so I totally get where you're coming it's a lot so but I'm ready and I definitely know that I have to get married in 2020 like I've always said that um and me and Jacob started dating in 2010 so for it to be like 10 years later and it's like a brand new decade I feel like we have to get married this year it feels right for me so now it's like okay got gotta get the ball rolling I have another wedding venue tour this weekend so hopefully this is the one because that's been the biggest holdup is finding the right place to get married in because like if you don't like the place and you can't set the date and everything's on hold so I'm so (laughs) yeah well okay is it gonna be a surprise like for your audience like where it's gonna be because I know you were looking in like I know you've looked in Malibu I know you've looked in Florida like Mm -hmm. is there any other other spots on the radar yeah I think I tried doing the Malibu thing and I think it definitely is something I would want to do it just got a little hard with family and everyone traveling and having that pressure because I do want my close family there. So I was like, okay, I don't want to stress people out. (laughs) And I would rather have it here closer just so that everyone can come and I'll have the right people there that are really going to make this memory be super important to me. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be in Florida unless I I just seriously can't find a venue. And I'm just like, okay, I'm sorry. I have to go live out my dream in Malibu. (laughs) But either way, it's going to be a dream wedding and I'm not too hung up on going destination. Um, So it'll definitely be in Florida. And yeah, once I find the venue, I'll definitely share. I'm not keeping secrets. And unless, I mean, I'm definitely keeping my dress a secret, but that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, what are you like most excited about when it comes to your wedding? Um, I'm definitely just excited about crafting this memory of mine. Like I know that I want it to be a day I'll never forget. And in doing that, I'm, I'm planning these things like just experiences. So I'm going to have my sister sing at my wedding. I don't know if you knew my sister is a great singer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I totally like, I loved, um, like I would w- watch her videos like on her mm-hmm. Instagram, like, Oh my gosh, like that is amazing. Yeah. So she's going to sing. My best friend is going to sing for us. Um, I'm going to have Jacob and all of his groomsmen do like a dance or something. I'm just like so excited to have the memories, the laughter and the love. Like I'm just excited for that day all in one. Yes, totally. Okay. (laughs) And another question, wedding related or just relationship related. What do you love most about Jacob? 
I know that might be a hard one because there's probably a ton of things, but (laughs) there is a ton of things. Um, Like the first one that comes to mind though, is that he just balances me out so well. Him and I are both definitely opposites. I have so much energy and I'm always talking all the time and he's just a good listener, quiet. I mean, he's not too quiet too, which is great. It's just, we're a great balance and I love how he supports me so much. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I want to get back into like your background and your early life. So I want the listeners to know like, where are you from and where did you grow up? Yeah. So I am born and raised in Orlando, Florida, and that's where I still am, which is crazy. Most people, you know, explore a bit. I have traveled a bit through the U.S. um, and I do love California. So I think one day we'll be having a place out there or something, but Orlando will always be my home. And I think I'll always have a place here as well. Yes. I love that. I've never been to Florida, but okay, this is probably the most obnoxious question you get, but Disney World. Is it truly as amazing as it like everyone says it is? It definitely is. Like it definitely is magical. And I actually don't go often at all. The last time I went was this past October. But before that, it wasn't since I was like 12 years old because I've, I've just been like, I, I want to stay away from the crowds. And yeah. I didn't really care to go too much. And so when my friend Isabella came and wanted to have her, like a little girl's day at Disney, I was like, okay, it's been a while. And when I went as an adult, I walked in, I'm like, oh my God, this is so magical. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe it's this cute. I forgot how cute it is. And so I really do feel like Disney World is just a magical place and full of just great feelings. And it just brings you to this other land. Like you feel like you're in a cartoon and I love it. Yes. I love that too. I've only been to Disneyland, but I can only imagine. Very similar, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So what were you like as a child? Like, what did you love to do? So as a kid, it's so funny because as a kid, I was really a shy girl. So in class, I was like the typical Asian girl who was just like afraid to raise her hand and didn't want to really be the center of attention in public. But then at home and with my friends, I was just a ball of fun. I was just full of energy. And I think it's really just a shell that I put myself in in public. So I was just nervous of other people judging me or just like embarrassing myself. So I I was always living in this thick shell. But when you really got to know me I was just always laughing like super loud and just a lot of fun as a kid I just remember playing games with my friends and like doing just the the fun stuff as a kid and I remember when I was little I wanted to like when I thought of like what I wanted to be when I grew up I wanted to do a couple different things I I wanted to be like a singer even though I'm not a singer like I'm really can't sing you know but I feel like that's everybody's dream as a kid is like I want to be famous Mm -hmm. so I definitely had that little dream and then something that's like pretty similar to actually what I'm doing now is when I was little I wanted to be a fashion designer and it's crazy because I never really thought that that was something that could be true for me. It was just something fun, like sketching the designs on the paper. And I did go to a fashion design camp when I was 16 years old. And it was just fun. I just always have loved fashion, but I never took it seriously. I never was like, okay, I'm going to be a fashion designer one day. And years later, I start this eyewear brand. And then I start actually designing eyewear and fashion. So I I created a a Brammy top. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but Classy Network has a, a top as well. And I designed that from scratch. And it's honestly the most comfortable and amazing thing, yet super stylish. And I just can't believe I'm actually living that dream out now. And it just feels so good. 
That is so cool that like, you know, those childhood dreams are still like interwoven with the business that you do right now. That is so cool. It is. And I, it's like a dream come true. And I didn't even realize it until maybe like six months or eight months into being a business owner with the product-based side of it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm actually doing something I always really wanted to do. This is crazy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. And looking back, like if you could tell 16 year old Natalie, just one important piece of advice, what would it be? It would be to be yourself. Like, don't be afraid to just be who you are because for the longest time, I was afraid of shining my light because I was afraid I was too much for other people or that I was like, my my trigger word is annoying because <laughs> I am the youngest child and my whole life, like growing up, I was annoying to my brother and sister, to my mom and dad because I was always just being the loud and crazy Natalie in the house. So that, that is like my trigger word. And that's a big fear of mine is being myself and being annoying to other people. And I don't want to be too much and annoy them. So that definitely was something that I struggled with a lot going from like high school to college and and really not just owning who I am and just kind of hiding or putting on a fake smile and trying to be overly professional when it's not necessary. And it's really fine to just be who you are. Yes. I love that so much. I think that's still like a really good piece of advice for everyone like now, you know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Okay. I want to get into more of like a rapid fire um, round of questions. They're going to be some personal questions. So get ready. (laughs) Okay. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes. I want to know what's a day um, in the life like for Natalie Rogers. Yeah. So day in the life, especially lately, ever since we've moved to the classy castle, it's just been wake up, Go to the gym, get in a workout, come home, take a shower, get ready for the day, hang with my cat for a little bit, and then off to the classy castle. Me and Jacob will drive together. We'll talk about the day in the car as we're riding to the office, Then we'll get here and we'll talk to all the team members. Normally, we just go in and check in with every team member, make sure they're good for the day, they know what they're working on, and then sometimes it'll be meetings or it'll be um, product development, like looking into products. I'll be just in my own office working on either content because that's important for Classy as well, and also my personal brand. Like I definitely take time to Instagram story and kind of bring my followers along throughout my day, and then um, lots of meetings, sometimes photo shoots, and I don't know, just like doing the daily stuff. Then after the day's over, me and Jacob will drive. We're always together, which is so funny. Like it's kind of crazy how together we are all the time. (laughs) We'll drive uh, either back home or we'll go out to like a restaurant, eat dinner out and then home for the night. So that's just a regular day in the life. (laughs) Yes. I love that so much. And I feel like, I mean, do you feel like it's okay to be together a lot if you enjoy each other's company and you work well together? Because my husband and I are just the same way. And people are like, you're always together. Like, don't you get sick of each other? I'm like, but we also do our own thing too. So. Yeah, no, I I think that we definitely enjoy being together. And for me as well, like, I know I'm probably a lot more (laughs) to like be around than Jacob is because he's kind of in his own world. He doesn't talk unless like he has something to say or if I'm talking to him and I just like to talk a lot. So I'm sure he probably gets a little bit more just like sick of me versus me sick of him. But I think that both of us love being together and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think we both kind of like thrive off of that. When we're together, we're better. And when we're not together, we miss each other. But um, I think there's nothing wrong. Yeah. With working with your spouse. 
Yeah, I love that. Okay, mm -hmm. so you are always so gorgeously styled from your hair to your makeup down to your clothes. So give us the inside scoop. Where do you shop for clothes and makeup? You always look so stunning. Oh, thank you. I'm really not like a big makeup person. I really want to be. I'm like one of those people who are like try at their makeup and I feel like it's never as good as the makeup artists or like the YouTubers. But thank you <laughs> for noticing <laughs> that I actually try, you know, the contour, the blush, yeah. the highlight. Like I use all of those things, but I'm like, am I doing it right? I don't know, but I'm trying and I like it. So um, I my makeup, I go to Ulta. I love Ulta because you just have everything there. Um, and then as far as shopping, I do a lot of online shopping just because that's just where I am in like the space. I don't know. Online is just like easier because I feel like there's more options. Um, and I do shop a lot with just like some, for like my blazers. I get a lot of my blazers at Nasty Gal um, yeah. or where else do I go? Hmm. I don't know. That's just the first one that comes to my mind. And then if I'm shopping in the mall lately, I've been really loving Abercrombie because they completely redid everything. Like they, I don't know when it was, but I remember when they redid everything, like their changing rooms, like everything was much nicer. And I started actually doing research on their company in general. And they are like the owners of Hollister as well. And Hollister is meant for the high school up to like 23, I believe. And then, um, Abercrombie is actually meant for the young professional women starting at like 21 all the way up to like 35. So you'll see blazers and you'll see um, just more mature fashion. And I do yeah. really have been loving Abercrombie lately. <laughs> that is so cool. I didn't know that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was very interested in it too. I was like, this is so interesting. And now actually like ever since they rebranded and did all that, like it's been on the rise again because they were kind of going down in business and it wasn't doing too well. And now it's like picking up, which is super cool. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> I want to know what your mind body type is, your dosha. I'm pretty sure your sister has got you all set up with that one. Yes. I am a Vata Pitta. Definitely. And the more I've, I've gotten older, I'm like channeling the Pitta more and more and more. Um, and it's really funny because I know when I was younger, I was a lot more Vata and I'm still a mix of both, but mainly Pitta right now. What nice. are you? I'm a Pitta Kapha. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jacob yeah. is too. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. And just the way you're describing him too. Like I'm more like to myself. And uh -huh. I think a lot of people thought I was quiet, but when I'm like with people that I'm comfortable with, or if I have something mm -hmm. to say, I'll say it. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And Jacob's the same way too. So that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the spirit of personality types, what's your Enneagram type? I know that you were like on a podcast about that, right? Um, was I on a podcast about or that? No. I don't know if I was. Or maybe, maybe it was something, um, on Instagram. Like I think at one point yes. in time you were like, Oh, Enneagram, I found out my type, but I couldn't remember yes. what it was. I am a three wing two. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I'm an achiever for sure. I think I've been an achiever my entire life. Like nobody, my parents never had to get on to me about doing good in school. Like they were totally hands off and I was staying up late trying to get my homework done. And like, I'm, I was that kid just like, I have to get this done. I can't not finish. <laughs> yep. Yep. Totally the same way. Okay. <laughs> in the spirit of the full moon eclipse today, mm -hmm. what's your astrological sign? Ooh, I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, cool. My daughter's a Sagittarius too. She's only two, but she's <laughs> Yeah, I feel like every time I read about Sagittarius, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so me. It's crazy. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely think Sagittarius spot on. It, it all works. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, and I've also seen on Instagram that you've posted like, you know, those repeating numbers or the angel numbers. Yeah. 
yeah, are you like just into spirituality at all? Or like, what does that look like for you? I definitely am. Like, I definitely think that repeating numbers always for me, it's like a sign of alignment. And when I see them, like I'm always on the right track. Um, So I definitely just believe that when you're, when you're feeling good, when you're feeling aligned, you'll notice those things more and more. So I'm super, every time I see one, I'm like, oh my goodness, (laughs) you can ask anybody here at the Classy Castle. I'll be like, it's one, 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 everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed. Cool. Like even if, even if that's not true, it's just fun to think that it is. And it puts me in, in like a high vibe state. Um, and I think that that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of um, Joanne Sacred Scribes? Like she's just yeah. online, like online blogger, but she's got like every number in the book. So if you ever see a number and you're like, huh, or even if it's like 707 mm-hmm. or like 711, something that like just you like your intuition yeah. tells you it's something. If you look yeah. up like that number plus Joanne Sacred Scribes, Like, it's actually a pretty, like, interesting, like, spot-on, like, explanation. You'll have to check it. I just told Amanda about it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I'll look into that. Yeah, I definitely look them up, too. So, if there's one that I keep seeing over and over and over, like, right when I sold my first business, I kept seeing 222, 222. And it was, like, the sign of, like, new beginnings and change and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. It's so spot-on. Yes. I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want to know what's like one thing that you wish people knew more about you? Ooh, that's a great question. I feel like I have not even thought about that. Um, I guess I wish more people knew like my heart that, that I'm genuinely like always thinking about being kind and open because I know a lot of people in this world, like they have that wall up. Um, And I was just talking about this with my friend the other day, like me and her, we're both just talking about how open and just friendly and kind we are with whoever it is that we meet. Like we don't judge anybody. Like I seriously am so open and, and like accepting and welcoming to any human that walks past me. Um, And I think that that's something you don't really know unless you get, like you meet them in person or you have a conversation with them like this. And and, um, kindness is something that's just so important to me and that I believe everybody should practice. And yeah, so I don't think not everybody knows that until you really get to meet someone, so. Yeah, no, I really like that you said that. You like your kindness, you can, it just, you know, it radiates even from like watching you online or just hearing you talk. You always just, you have it in your voice. You can tell like when someone's soul is kind. So. Oh, that's so good to know. (laughs) Cause I'm like, I wonder if people think I'm like intimidating or like, you know, Mm -hmm. not, not welcoming. Cause you never know. And I always just try to be myself as much as I can. Um, So I'm glad to know that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to quickly riff here on some personality type info. Okay. So for our listeners, yeah. And so for our <laughs> listeners who don't know, Natalie took a personality test for the Myers-Briggs personality types, and she is an ESFJ. And I'll explain that in a second. But I just want to talk about how learning our personality type can actually help us in life because it's fun, you know, but it's not like it's just one of those like, you know, what Disney character are you like quiz, right? Although that's super fun to play on Instagram. I love that, <laughs> that filter. <laughs> but yes. Okay. So Learning our personality types can help us uh, develop a better sense of self. Um, It can help us in our career and it can help us in our relationships. So it's a tool that we can use to understand how we learn information and how we make decisions. So that's our brain's inner wiring. So by understanding that inner wiring, you can, you know, it radiates out to the career, the relationships and, you know, just your self-awareness. So Natalie is an ESFJ in the Myers-Briggs personality type system. And that four letter code broken down is 
So the E is for extroversion, S is for sensing, F is for feeling, and J is for judging. And now don't be too scared about the judging part. It just has um, to do with how you like your world organized, not that you're like a judgmental person. So. <laughs> I know, I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so the dichotomies, right? Introversion, introversion versus extroversion. So all that is, is it just represents like opposite, opposite energies of um, kind of like focus and attention. So an introvert's going to have their attention and energy focused inward and an extrovert has their energy and attention focused outward. Mm -hmm. So yeah, does that resonate at all with you being an extrovert? Yeah, I think I'm definitely an extrovert. Like I'm not really someone who needs much alone time. Like I think every now and then I definitely just want to be in my room doing my own thing. But most of the time, I think it's like 99% of the time. I'm like, I'll be with people. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My, hus my husband's extroverted and he like loves people so much. And I have to like make sure that I balance time like for him that like, he yeah. gets to go out too because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I get introverted sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And so the sensing versus the intuition. So either the S versus N in that those functions are responsible for retrieving and receiving information. So intuitives, they're more uh, like comfortable theorizing and speculating on what could be um, mm -hmm. they extrapolate just you know based on a couple points of data and they really tend to trust their gut or the hunches that they get versus mm -hmm. sensors they you know they really like to use their uh, intuitive abilities too but they've been reported to trust more of those like reliable you know information the data um, the things mm -hmm. that you can see with your your five senses yeah okay yeah. that makes does, sense does that I think resonate? that yeah. So I think I'm definitely super intuitive because a lot of the times it like won't make sense. And I'm like, I can't explain it. I just know that it feels this way. So that one might be a little bit off. Maybe if I took the test a little bit more in depth, like slower and actually thought about each one. Um, but I think that sensing also makes sense for me too, though, because a lot of the times I, I, I feel like I go off of like how everybody else is and like how I feel in the situation. Um, and sometimes it's hard for me to trust my gut. Like I always feel the gut feeling and sometimes I will, or at least in the past, cause now I'm like telling myself, follow your intuition. Don't just like, cause I'll feel something and based off of what other people are saying or what the facts say, um, I'll be like, no, I have to go with what, what the facts say and what everyone else is saying. I'm just not going to trust my intuition. And, mm -hmm. um, I've noticed when I do that, it's actually not good. And I noticed that that's a pattern of mine. Ah, interesting. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And honestly, all sensors are intuitive too. Like we all have all the functions, yeah. but they're just in a little bit um, of a higher form of, you know, like preference when it comes to just the way you're wired at birth, you know? Yeah, that makes sense though, because I think I, I naturally, and I like try to not listen to it. And then instead, I wish I did always listen to it. <laughs> totally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then that, that feeling versus thinking. So mm -hmm. it deals with how you make decisions. So yep. all feelers think and all thinkers feel. So feelers, they prefer to use personal human-based considerations and thinkers, they prefer impartial, impersonal data and metrics, and they might put more value on concrete data rather than emotions. Mm -hmm. Think of any yep. thinkers in your life? Yeah, definitely my brother. My brother's a big thinker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I, I would definitely say I'm like a feeler. I'm all about, you know, feeling the energy out and feeling what feels right in the moment kind of thing. Yeah, so that's yep. <laughs> totally. Okay. And then that last uh, letter in your code. So the, you know, the judging versus perceiving yes. the J versus P that deals with how you focus on organizing your world. So if you're a perceiver, 
you prefer to organize your inner world so that you can allow that outer world freedom. So, you know, they're, they focus on the present moment and they like the, the thrill of uncertainty and they don't always need a plan, but judgers, mm -hmm. they organize their outer world so that their inner world can, you know, feel more free. So they might be focused more on the future or the past, but they prefer to follow plans and they may mm -hmm. even get kind of uncomfortable when they don't know what to expect. How does that yeah. all resonate? Yeah, I think that that definitely resonates with me as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're spot on. This is crazy. Sweet. <laughs> I like when it resonates. But um, mm -hmm. I want to kind of go over some fun facts. So it's 10 fun facts. And they're not, okay. I don't like to say facts because it doesn't always ring true for everyone. But it just mm -hmm. comes from, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Personality Hacker podcast. Nope, I have not heard of that one. Okay, well, it's, it's really like, um, like psych heavy, but it's interesting to learn about just the different personality types on there and they have a book out. So it's one of the resources that I use in my research. So a lot of this info comes from there. Plus also another article by a girl named Heidi Pribe. And she mm -hmm. writes um, about the different personality types and she puts her cool little spin on it. So this one is, um, you know, just the things that ESFJs wish that other people would know about their personality type. So, okay. Let me know if these are, you know, they resonate or if that's totally off, okay? Okay. Okay. So ESFJs love putting together shared positive experiences where everyone is getting along. So, you know, they're often like the lover of the holidays. Does that mm -hmm. resonate at all? A hundred percent, yeah. Even like <laughs> growing up, like that was my thing. <laughs> nice. And, you know, ESFJs, they love people, they love social interactions, and they have a genuine energy and openness to new people and experiences. Um, yep. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I feel like by you just being willing to be on this podcast, I was like, absolutely. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <But> yes. <laughs> yes. And they love hosting, taking care of and meeting the needs of others. Although this can be overwhelming for the ESFJ at times as they need mm -hmm. to make sure that they're getting their own needs met and yep. they're sensitive and they're caring and they're in tune and sensitive to the energy and emotions of others. And, you know, some ESFJs have said that they just feel everything. Does that, does that resonate yes. at all? Yes. Yep, that definitely resonates with me too. <laughs> okay, so they create deep connections with others due to their ability to honor traditions and make space for others and their needs. And, you know, they really shine when they're in their social circle of their close friends and their family, kind of like what you were saying earlier, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And conflict can feel uncomfortable at times for the ESFJ, but they prioritize based on human needs, you know, especially in decision making. They have a great understanding of human dynamics. Yes. Yes. That's true. I do. Yeah. Like, I mean, I obviously have to resolve conflict, especially being like a business owner, but it's always hard for me. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. But here we go. <laughs> yep. Yep. And the ESFJ, they love to take care of people and they'll go out of their way for you. And they make a good shoulder to cry on. And they're often that go-to person, you know, in a moment of crisis. And they find it really easy to help people feel stable and loved and just safe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely am one who likes to like take care of everybody. <laughs> yes. So however, the ESFJ does enjoy being affirmed, you know, and shown that these people care just as much about them too. Does that kind of? Yeah. That's funny because yeah. like my love language is the words of affirmation. So yes. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. I was telling my husband that and he's like, why do you need to hear the words? I'm like, because it's my love language. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. The difference. <laughs> It does. Okay. ESFJs, they're also popular in group settings because they can really, you know, keep up that conversation without leaving anyone out or offending anyone. They have a really good understanding of social contracts. Yep. What do you think? Yeah. yeah? I hate, 
like one of my pet peeves is like when people like don't include someone in the conversation or like a question that they said like doesn't get answered and like I hate being ignored. So I'm always like, oh, I heard you. Yeah. And I, yes. I hate that. So that's so funny. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. And you know, the ESFJ, they're really amazing at maintaining procedures and processes to minimize instability and they recognize the need for care and caution. So the whole example is, you know, measure twice, cut once, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, you know, ESFJs, they demonstrate a lot of resilience uh, during difficult situations. So they're not the type to like, you know, feel so like emotionally affected that they just can't get to work for another three weeks. Like you're going to work through it. You're going to move through it. You're going to just look for the lessons. It's not that it's not hard, but Mm -hmm. you're very resilient. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, okay, we got to solve the problem. What can we do? (laughs) Yep. Yep. And it says that ESFJs just address situations with tolerance and forgiveness. Yes, definitely. Is that the last one? Yes. <laughs> the way you yeah, said yeah. Coming to an end on this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, all of those were like super spot on. So I love personality tests. Like this is just so fun. Yes, I love it too. And do you know like maybe what Jacob's personality type is or like your parents or, you know, loved ones, best friends? I don't know, especially this test. Um, Enneagram, I think after I did it, I made Jacob take it, but Honestly, I feel like he needs to retake it. So I think that these, especially like as a business owner, like it's important for, we were just talking about this too. We were talking about how it's important to get to know even like every single person on your team, just to know how they work the best. So it is something that I want everyone to do and then I can study on it. So yeah, yeah, this is like a great reminder for me. So thank you. Sweet. Okay. Well, I want to just dive into kind of like relationships because you work with your family and a lot of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, personality types have to do with, you know, your relationships, whether that's working or personal. So you're a huge inspiration to me in terms of being a successful female entrepreneur that works with her family. I work with my mom, like we're both real estate agents actually. And um, yeah. And I just, you know, I admire the cohesion and the harmony and the efficiency that you and your family display. So what's your secret and what's your biggest tips? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I don't have a big secret, but for me, like having my family come on board, it was just so important because they are people that I can trust no matter what. And I think that's like super important, especially in what we do with like our products and like shipping them out and all of that stuff. And I feel like having family on board is just like, it just means a lot to me because I know that they care a lot just as almost as much as I do and that I can trust them and it's just like safe and also fun because you know that's like what most people in life like they they want to build a lifestyle so they can spend more time with their loved ones their fa- their family and their friends and so for all, all of us like we all just love being in the same place every day and even if we're working and sometimes it can get stressful um, we just like being around each other and like hanging out and making memories and it's really, really cool to like see the business grow and to reach those goals together and be like, wow, we did it like as a family and as a business. Um, so that's really important to me. And I think that as far as like, what's my secret, I think the the best thing to do is to communicate, like over communicate as much as you can. Um, because there's times where you don't communicate and your the other family member or team team member just doesn't know what you're thinking and you can't expect them to read your mind. So it's important to communicate everything and also to have clear expectations and job roles and what you expect of each individual person. Um, and just really drill that home even before you hire them, like make sure the expectations are super clear. Yeah, I love that. And 
you're the CEO of your company. So like, how do you manage various personalities and the needs of different people? You know, just people have different energetic needs, like, or are they just in specific roles that fit them best? Mm -hmm. How did you, how did you work all that out? Yeah, I think in the beginning, it was more like, this is what we need. And I know like you kind of need a job. So like, can you fill this need? Um, and then as as things started to change and we were able to grow a little bit more, we're able to to find better fits for for the positions and like for the people in the company. Um, and really it's just making sure everything's a good fit. So like if we have things that need to get done and that person can do it, then good. And if that person cannot do it, then it's still not a good fit and it's just not meant to be. And that's okay. Yes. I love yeah. that so much. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, before we dive into everything classy network, I want to talk mm -hmm. about finding your tribe because okay. I just love that you're so connected and surrounded by a tribe of like-minded boss babes. So you're friends with the likes of some amazing thought leaders such as Amanda Pucci, Isabella Guava, and so much more. So how did you start making these aligned connections? Yeah, it's really crazy. I remember, especially the Manabuchi thing, like I remember right when I first kind of got into the online space, I remember looking up to Amanda and seeing the things that she would put out. And I was like, wow, I love this stuff. This is so similar to what I'm doing in my everyday life because I was an entrepreneur. And so I remember one day I was like, I know one day I'm going to be friends with her. I don't know how it's going to happen, but one day that's going to happen. And um, then months later, I started Classy Network and I just reached out to not, I didn't even reach out to her, but I reached out to other people that were kind of in her circle to rep the glasses. And then um, Amanda actually ended up saying she wanted to rep them as well. And then that was like the beginning of that relationship, um, which then like has flourished. And now she did a collab with us. And um, we just have, we have such a great friendship. And also like, sh we both just support each other and like what we're doing. So that is, I'm just super grateful for that. And then Isabella, her, our story is like super cool. Cause, um, we both were kind of just getting started around at the same time on Instagram and doing our businesses online. And I remember someone else that we both followed kind of like an influencer, um, has worked with her and then also me. And so we, we were kind of connected to that one person. And then I, I saw her Instagram handle. And so I reached out to her right away and I was like, Hey, I actually sent her a video message, which is like not normal normally for me, but I just felt like I needed to, because I really wanted to just like connect with her. Cause she was so close by, cause she was only two hours away from where I lived. And so I sent her a video message. I introduced myself and I said, we should totally connect. And then seriously like two minutes later she responded and she was like oh my gosh you're in Orlando I'm gonna come down this weekend and we're gonna podcast together and then that's how our friendship started and then ever since we've just been super close and super supportive and she's my biz bestie <laughs> I love that so much what yeah. like what are your just biggest pointers for you know our audience and their who are looking for yeah. ways to find their tribe yeah. So number one, like be yourself online. If that's what you're doing, if you're having an online business and showing up on social media, definitely be yourself first, because that's how you're, you're going to attract people that are like you. Um, and then also if you see people that you feel like you would get along with, then message them. Don't, don't like be under a rock and people not know who you are. Just start engaging and reply to their stories, send them things back and forth, and then it can eventually lead to more. And, and when you feel like the time is right, I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, right away, say, can we be best friends? That's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> but just like when the time is right, just be, just start forming that relationship and asking the questions, maybe get on a call, meet up or something like that. And then also my last tip for that is to go to in-person events, because when you meet people in person, that is just a great way to build that human connection. And if once you meet once, you can build off of that 
for longer and longer and longer and you can have lifelong friends. I love that so much. Those are such just great pointers. I appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I want to talk to you about just classy network and just ask you a bunch of questions around your business. So can Mm -hmm. you tell our listeners, you know, if they're unfamiliar, what the classy Mm -hmm. network is all about? I'm obsessed with the blue light blockers and I see that you have Grammys and so much more. So what's it all about? Yeah. So classy network, really, when I first started it, it was a place where I could bring like-minded women together. I wanted to bring women from wherever, all over the world, but who were ambitious and wanted, that had a dream and wanted to do something about it. I wanted to bring them together. And that was something that I was craving so much at that time. And so it actually started as a little Facebook group. And it was just like, I think like 100 to 200 people in there. We were just like supporting each other. And I was putting business tips in there. We were just like like a, a really strong, I wouldn't say like super strong. I feel like I could have been better at making it stronger, but we were a community of people. And I felt like we were all friends, which was awesome. And then I came across a product idea and that was blue light glasses because I was staring at my computer screen all day and my eyes were tired and I needed to come up with a solution for that, but I didn't want them to be ugly. I wanted them to be cute. And Mm -hmm. so, um, because on the market at the time there were blue light glasses and they were just not cute. Um, and so I, I knew I could do it better. So in that moment I, I researched and I, I found blue light glasses that, um, I could, I could manufacture with a manufacturer that were actually stylish. I, I made a style that I liked that I felt like, actually the ones you're wearing, the classy yeah. frames, those are the OG frames that like I originally started with because it was just a very classic style. It has like the thin sides and mm-hmm. it's just a great style that I feel like a lot of people would like. So that's how I launched the company was just that one frame style. Um, and it did really well. Um, and then from there, I didn't want to just, I don't just want to be a blue light glasses company. Like I want to have different things as well that, that serves the same woman, that ambitious woman who's got big goals, big plans, but cares about fashion, cares about looking stylish and wants to feel good. So now we're just getting into new products that I think would just serve that same woman. And yeah, that's what we're all about. <laughs> I love that so much. And what do you love uh, just the most about being a CEO and an e-commerce business owner? I love that I'm able to do what it is that I want. Like I love that I'm able to paint a vision and see it come to life. Like that's the most exciting thing to have an idea and work together with the team. And oftentimes it it comes out so much better than you even expected. I think that's just the coolest thing to just be able to be creative with your life and your business and everything that you do every day. I love that. And uh, I guess, what do you wish you would have known when you first started your businesses? Because I know that you've owned not just this business, but you were a business owner before and you sold your company, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely just like, like being authentic. I know I already mentioned that, but that was like such a big lesson I learned this past year of just like, owning who you are, where you're at, what stage you're in and like honor that. And don't, don't feel like you're not enough because a lot of the times I would like beat myself up over like things that I just felt like, Oh, well, you know, I'm not a big enough business yet, or I haven't done this yet, but like, look at what you've done and honor all of the wins and all of the great things that you have accomplished instead of focusing on what you haven't done yet, because you have your whole life ahead of you to do that. And how do you and your team uh, plan on growing your business in 2020? So what are you currently working on? Yeah. So like I said, we're definitely interested in bringing new products to Classy Network. And we're also really wanting to um, build, build a little bit more of like our brand out 
um, and do some more content on Classy where people can connect with us and the people behind the brand. So that's something I'm super excited about in 2020. Yes. And I want to also know, like, what was it like bringing in a new uh, co-owner to the company? So just beyond you and Jacob, I, I love that you said she's one of your best friends. Yeah. So me and Jessica actually met like almost six years ago now, which is crazy, um, at a part-time job when I was in college. So this is before Core Sports Academy took off and I really tried to focus on it. And um, I was doing, I was like the the front desk, like a receptionist at this waxing studio. And she was a wax specialist. So she did waxing like the eyebrows and everything. And I was like the front desk girl. Um, And her and I just ended up meeting and hanging out and being friends. And ever since then, we stayed in touch. And um, so she was always, she actually married um, her husband and he is like the founder of, of a big company here in Orlando. Um, and when they got married, she knew like she wanted to do something as well, something different than just being a waxer. She wanted to start her own business and was just really excited about what we were doing. And when Jacob and I came to a point where we realized we wanted to grow this into a bigger company, then um, Jacob and I were like, you know what? We should consider bringing on investors and have, grow this team to be bigger and um, just work together to, to scale. And so we just talked about it. And then I, I immediately thought of Jessica because I know she was always talking about wanting to do something and doing a business and learning about entrepreneurship. And so I just asked her if it was something she was interested in and she was interested, but it took a lot longer for it actually to go through. It took, I think about like six to eight months before we actually signed the contract and then everything happened where now we're all working together, but it's just been so great because we have more people that are supporting us and that are on our team and on our side and helping us think of what else we can do and what we can um, bring to life with our vision. So it's just been so much fun and I don't regret it at all. Yes, I love that. And congratulations on being a million dollar company. How does it feel? It honestly feels the exact same. <laughs> it does. Like it feels the same because you're, you're doing the daily stuff. You're always, you're always showing up and um, it, feel, it does feel good to hit that milestone and be able to say that we are a million dollar company with all the hard work that we put in. So I would say that um, it, it does feel satisfying to, to say that we've hit this milestone because we have been working so, so hard. Right, right. And I I noticed that like on your Instagram before you were talking about how money is just like energy flow and you still, you know, reinvest back into your company. And so I think that's something that just maybe the listeners aren't completely aware of too, right? Oh, yeah. Just because we're a million dollar company doesn't mean I have a million dollars in my pocket. (laughs) It means that, you know, that's how much the business has generated. And really all of the money that we make in Classy just goes right back into Classy and how we can continue to grow and to scale and how we can better serve our customers and what else, what systems can we build out to be more efficient? Um, but it's a lot of fun. Like, uh, yes, it's, it's a lot of work and it's not like, Oh, we have millions of dollars in our pocket, but we're also building an asset. We're building something that is bigger than us. And that is something that I think is just very rewarding. Yes. I love that so much. And I guess to wrap up the episode, I want to talk about mindset because I'm sure that's so important um, being Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. So what tools do you use on a daily basis to make sure that, you know, your mindset is ready to go? 
Yeah. I love listening to podcasts just like this <laughs> and oh, hearing yeah. perspectives of, of other people, you know, other people that are in, in the industry and that are maybe even farther along than I am. People who have $10 million businesses. What is it that they go through on a daily basis? Because that helps me prepare my mindset for the things that I am facing right now. And there's always a new day. There's always a new challenge. And they say, you know, the bigger that you are, just the bigger challenges that you experience as a business. And it is really true. And the more you grow, the more growing pains you experience. And so for me, I do listen to a lot of podcasts and I like to go on walks. So I'll either just do walking on the treadmill and just like take that time to move my body. And sometimes it's silent, like I'm not listening to anything. And I just need that space to think and to reflect on the day, the week ahead. Um, and uh, what else do I do for mindset? I would say I do journaling, but I honestly haven't been lately. So I need to get back to doing that because <laughs> that yeah. is super helpful too. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. And I feel like you, during the holidays, right, it just gets so busy. And then I'm sure with like your business. Yeah. Yeah. Really busy. But okay. <laughs> what self-limiting beliefs are you working on right now? Ooh, that's a good one. So I think um, a self-limiting belief that I'm working on right now is that I'm too kind. Like I feel like kindness is good, but then I get afraid of being too nice and too kind. And it's really hard to um, maneuver that when you are a female CEO of a company, because, you know, that's already a common thought. Oh, you're a girl, you're a female, you're really nice and kind, and I can walk all over you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a hard balance to, to not, not, to like hold yourself back from being who you are, because sometimes it just is necessary in this industry. Um, but also, understanding that it's okay to be kind and it's okay to be too kind. And as long as every, everybody's respecting one another, that's still okay. And when someone does disrespect, that's when things have to change. Um, and so that's something that I'm dealing with. Um, because kindness, like I said, is something that I feel like I just like exude right away when I meet people. Um, and sometimes I think to myself, Oh, don't be too nice. Don't be too kind. Um, mm -hmm. so it's a little bit hard, but I know that that I can be and everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I guess what are your non-negotiables when it comes to protecting your mindset? Like, is that, you know, not putting yourself in, you know, the space of negative energy? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's definitely to, to stay away from things that are negative and like toxic people that are like very negative and complaining a lot. It's crazy because I have like separated my, myself from that so much. And um, when I do get around people that are complaining or are negative, I just am like, oh my God, I can't. I just forget sometimes that there's a lot of people out there that are still like that. So I definitely do separate myself from those kinds of people just because it keeps me high vibe and it keeps me my best self. Um, and obviously there's times where you're around them and you just do your best to shine your light and share positivity into their world. But I definitely do that. And I would also say, like walking because I, I don't know what it is it's just like walking not running but like walking and giving myself the space to think I think that also is like a non-negotiable yes I love that okay and just for some tips for our listeners if our mm -hmm. listeners are interested in starting a business name one amazing podcast and one book that you'd recommend uh, for them to listen and to read 
Yeah. So I'm going to go all the way back with my first online business mentor, and that is Russell Brunson. And he has a podcast. Just search his name, Russell Brunson. I'm not exactly sure of the name of his podcast and also his book, which is .com Secrets. I think that the the value in that book not only works for all online businesses, um, it is made for online businesses, but you can take so many golden nuggets away and, and um apply them to your business. Because when I had Core Sports Academy, which was not an online business, it was in person. I read that book and oh my goodness, I changed so many things in the business and I made a better experience for our customers and it was like life-changing. So those are my recommendations. Yes. Thank you. And mm -hmm. I want to know just where are the best places to start as a new or aspiring entrepreneur? So beyond books, beyond podcasts, beyond being self-taught, um, is that, you know, one-to-one -one coaching is that group coaching masterminds it can all be so overwhelming you know what comes first yeah I think that's a good question I think that um, it just depends on the kind of person you are first because some people can't take um, a course right they some people need that accountability so for me I feel like a course works because I'm so self-disciplined and self-motivated um, and that is a great place to start for someone like me. But if you are not someone who is self-motivated and needs that accountability, then I think having um, more of like a one-on-one -on -one attention is better. So I guess you could do one-on-one -on -one coaching or do go for like a group, but make sure that high touch one-on-one -on -one aspect is included as well. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then just to end everything, self-care. So your biggest self-care tips for entrepreneurs out there who are super busy just like you. Yeah, I think it's super important to make sure you make time for self-care. For me, I had a lot of struggles with it in 2019 because I was just overwhelmed with all the things I was doing, but it's just so important to take the little bit of time that you need. So for us, um, like, and I say us because it's funny because me and Jacob do a lot of things together. Um, but really for me is, is having my evening time. So I'll be working all day. And then when I get to the house, I want to unplug. Like, yes, sometimes we'll be working, but I want to make sure I have a couple hours to just relax, like lay on the couch, scroll on Instagram or watch TV. If I want to, I just need to unplug and not think about work and try to just, relax, breathe, and, and slow the heart rate down if I'm anxious, and just relax into the couch and pet my cat. So I feel like it's really important every day to have that unplugged time or um, just not working time for you to just relax and also to build in to your schedule to have like your weekends, right? You should at least have one day off. You shouldn't be working every single day. It's important to go live your life at the same time. And that's something I feel like I lost this past year is not having the balance. And it is so important and being intentional about making experiences in your life. Go book a trip. Like if you've got some money saved, go book a trip, do that. Don't just be working and doing work, work, work for years and the years will just fly by before you know it. So make time for fun and yourself as much as you can. Yes, I love that so much. That is just mm -hmm. such sage and sound advice. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So yeah, just thank you so much for being willing to answer all of the interview questions. And I just want our audience to know where can they find you online and on social media? Yes, you can find me personally on my Instagram at it's Natalie Rogers, and you can find Classy Network on Instagram at Classy Network, but Classy is with a K, and you can find our website, classyshop.com, if you want to browse some of our cute blue light glasses and stuff. Um, we'd just love to have you as a customer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. Bye. Yay, bye.
What's up, everybody? It's Riley with the That's Deep Podcast. Naomi and I would love to invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of the page after you're done listening to the episode and find the ratings and reviews. Tap the number of stars you see fit and leave a little comment for us. At the end of each month, we'll do a little raffle and pick a lucky reviewer to receive a little gift card from us at the That's Deep Podcast. A little token of appreciation. Thank you for all your support and good luck.